Welcome to the Business of Property podcast. I'm Simon. And I'm Stuart. We're both property people running our own businesses. This podcast is just us chatting, as we often do about anything and everything property. This week, we're going to start off talking about cash flow, because we've, we've just been talking about an interesting cash flow situation that, that Stuart is, is currently in. So mm. do you, maybe you want to give an intro to that, or maybe you want to gloss over that, I don't know, and, and talk about <laughs> how you manage cash flow generally. Well, that's the question, isn't it, Simon? Do I manage cash flow? Because the interesting <laughs> development that Simon's referring to is that when I woke up this morning, my business account had a little over £4,000 in it, which sounds nice, until you take into the equation that today, as of this recording, I, I had about uh, just over £7,000 worth of expenses to come out of it, which is why we are on the subject of cash flow and the importance of managing it. And I, I'll leave a cliffhanger to that problem actually so for me and we'll talk about how you do yours as well Simon what I had to do was really build a forecast so I built a a, an annual forecast month by month so simply in excel for those that like detail each worksheet was a month and within that worksheet was every day so I mapped out in one month exactly what payments come out and go in on each month and the reason I did that was just because well obviously I was concerned that some days we might run out of money and I needed to know in advance so that when days like today happen I'm not just hitting squeaky bum time on that day I've actually started to prep for that day and essentially given that property is what we call in the trade quite a lumpy business knowing that I have uh, big payments coming out sometimes big payments coming in that I need to start taking those out and putting them in but what was great for me now is that let's just say yeah, at, at the time of this recording, if I put a thousand pounds to go in next month, I can see what happens to the cash flow for the eleven months after that. Equally, if I put in a new monthly payment across the the year, I can see how that affects. And, and that was really important for me personally, as someone that wants to draw funds, I get paid for my business to understand just how much it can really pay me. So at, at the very high level, that's how I personally manage cash flow and. And before I sort of ask you just about your management, and and I'm sure you may have a couple of questions for me in terms of that as well. But I used to hear phrases like cash is king and cash is air and cash is oxygen. And I don't think I ever fully appreciated just how true those phrases were until I had my own business, property business, because you realize that it it is all about the money. And when people say cash is air, you realize you mentioned runway when we were talking and that for me is it in a nutshell is how much runway have I got because if we're trying to build a business whichever business it is but for us property how many months worth have I got and what do I need to do to change that revenue so I know okay if I if I get a new property online and it delivers plucking numbers out of the air 500 pound net profit a month and I can plug that in but then all the associated costs that come with that generating that fund I can really see how that impacts. So that's kind of my approach uh, on cash flow. I'm not sure if that's similar to to how you operate it, but obviously you've got software. So before we go into how badly I manage my cash flow, let's just I have a couple of questions on on yours. You mentioned that you have a sheet per month, and then you have each day mapped out in within that. I'm amazed at that level of detail. You you really have to go down to to the individual day level. Is that just because you're dealing with such lumpy movements so as in you've got 
I don't know thousands of pounds worth of, of rent coming in through a through a month, but it's it's sufficiently grouped somewhere or another during that month that you have to sort of map it out that carefully. Yeah, that just just I mean, seems like an incredible amount of detail. I'm not actually quite sure where my question is in this, but um, have you, have you? I mean, really every day? <laughs> <laughs> yes, and the reason for that is because we kept getting very close to zero on the cash flow, and my wonderful bank doesn't give me an overdraft for this business account. And I'm not going to mention their name because I don't want to give them airtime because uh, it's a well-known bank, doesn't have a horse. I'm trying to think of uh, no, But anyway, so they don't give me an overdraft. So so there's always a time where I think if for whatever reason that account went to zero and a cost bounces, that is not good for me, obviously, for, for a number of reasons. The other thing is that we have a, a sort of a mix of how we manage properties. So I've got letting agents. I've got more than one letting agent got two or three well, two or three letting agents there are also tenants that we have directly and because of that we have payments coming in on on certain days of the month sometimes differing days of the month and so let's just say if one payment's late by one day but on that day i knew i had several hundred pounds worth of bills to pay i need to kind of be prepared for that and that's why i do it every day pretty much it's getting to the stage where i sometimes just look at it it used to be where i manipulate it and all i do is i go to my bank account i check the current balance and then i look at my cash flow document and see if the two agree and more often than not they do depending on how much coffee i've drunk from starbucks but it just really helps me plan that way the other thing which will probably really bake your noodle i actually have another document that attaches to this one which shows me the forecast cash modeling for 2022 to 2023 and again, I've done that just because now I am fully dependent on my business. I want to make sure that it is always able to cover my own personal costs. So actually, when I look at the end of this year, that now links to another document where I'm already modeling out the following year. That's excessive. And I appreciate that is excessive. No, no, I think that's absolutely fine and quite sensible. I, I thought you were going to start suggesting that you, you'd actually mapped it out to the hour when money came in in the morning and you made sure it, it matched with money that was going out in the afternoon. but. But so, so no, no pl- planning a year ahead, I think that's more than sensible. I would have questioned the, the hourly planning. Yeah, time of day reporting, although on a day like today, would actually be fairly useful. But you've got too many dependencies to, to know when funds are coming in. Yeah, I was talking to another property company recently, and they were saying that they've actually very specifically organised all of their tenants to, to pay rent on the, I think it was the, the fourth of the month, but right, right in the beginning. And they, they set up their tenancies. So they deal directly with the tenants. They set up their tenancies to do that, very specifically to do that. And then they pay their investors and their, their mortgages and things on the 15th of every month. And they very specifically set up all of their utilities and other bits and bobs to go out between those two things. That, that's how they've structured their, their cash flow. So they, they put in money at the beginning. The little bits go out, then the big bits go out, and then they they know what they've got left after after the fifteenth. Yeah, and that's exactly what that that's there is actually a key reason. So when I first did this document, that that was a prime reason. So, and you know, some people may laugh, but as business owners, we know that sometimes we just have to work through these things. There aren't people sitting around telling us exactly how to do things, but it just so happened that I was paying all of my utilities which i've just transferred to a single provider an agency another conversation but they were all going out on the first most of my tenancies were coming through in the mid-month or later in the month so when you're in a, a good times of income so let's just say because again it's quite lumpy because we've also got 
roughly you know 30 percent students then you know we're getting paid whatever september january may so those th- those three peaks so at the time of setting up all the utilities there would have been you know a, a good enough amount of monies in the account so it wasn't something that i was giving particular thought to it was only when i modeled it out i was like oh hold on i'm, I'm going to have a bit of a problem in a few months time where i could see so you know it's all uh, you know conditional formatted i know you'll appreciate that so all of a sudden <laughs> the um I do like a coloured spreadsheet. <laughs> in November, my numbers started to go to red for a few for a few days, but I was a month ahead of myself. So that was why I did contact the bank and said, "Look, can I have a two two grand uh, overdraft? Because it looks like I'm going to dip below that." On the, I was actually very clear. It looks like on the fifteenth of November, I'm going to go under. Anyway, they said no. So then I just started looking. Okay, what else can we do? And that was the power. And I, and sometimes you can sit there and think this is going to be really hard. But I just had to phone up the utilities company and said, I really need to move all payments from the 1st to the 15th. They're like, yeah, that's done. And it was was honestly a 10-second conversation. And you can imagine, again, as business owners, you know, sometimes I certainly, I don't don't actually have sleepless nights, but, you know, I get very concerned about things. And, you know, that was was just gone. So immediately, and all of, of a sudden I did that. And then, you know, I was literally in the black for the foreseeable but there are some other challenges coming up soon where i've taken on properties in the rent to rent business where we're paying landlords before are going to have a good rent which is not often happening so again i then look at it and say okay what can i move around but it gives me a lot of it actually does mean i can sleep easier to, to plan out okay i've got a property i'm now going to pay a lot of money for that property but it's, it's going to be empty for a month for whatever reason because usually that's not the case but it's going to be empty for a month if I take out the revenue for that property, what do I look like? Oh, I'm still black for two months. Then actually I go, okay, that's fine. I've got time and space to manage how we work this. And it's, for me, it's just been a lifesaver. And, and you could say sometimes maybe it's just because I'm doing something, but actually it has enabled me to forecast. I think the, the company that you just mentioned, that was exactly the reason why I did it really. Yep. And what you say there is so important is having that forecast in place and knowing what's going to happen and being able to see into the future and and be prepared for it yeah maybe we'll talk about my my sort of bite let business in a in a moment but i've certainly followed a very similar structure for for patma and my my, my business business <laughs> i have as you say a spreadsheet I, I don't plan it day by day but i certainly do month by month and I know the, the the cash that's in the bank. I know when more cash is arriving. I know what cash is going out every month and the commitments I've made. And it's obviously some of those commitments last multiple months. And uh, sometimes there are data projects going on and, and sort of bigger things that are outside the, the standard um, subscription model that, that I have with Patma. And, and those are bigger projects that also span multiple months. So I know there's going to be income from those. And it it is always balancing things. Patma is a is a bootstrapped business, so I don't have some big financial backing from from anyone. So I, I do need to make sure that, that the cash flow balances. And when I have income from a bigger project, I know that it means that I can increase spending on advertising or marketing or or experiment with something to see if I can get a bit of a, a return on that or a, a shift in some of the figures. And I know that if, if that works, 
And that's fantastic. I can then update my forecast and make future decisions on that. But I also know at what point I have to cut that off and say, okay, that experiment isn't working. So it's got to stop now or cash flow will, will be a problem. And it's, it's very important in business to be able to see uh, ahead a little bit to be able to make those decisions. So you, you don't end up coming across the situation where your bank account runs out because, as you say, that's, that's not going to do anybody any favours when payments bounce or, or whatever else. Yeah. And that bit that you've just mentioned around the forecasting, aside from the, the financial aspect of, of ne- an operational aspect of needing to do that, what that enabled me to do was to get my head up, quite literally, to look ahead and think a little bit more strategically because my experience was because I wasn't doing that, I was reacting to you know the problem du jour. And like today, I knew the, today's problems were were coming well problems in inverted covers the challenges were coming but before yeah because it was so lumpy i would just be like okay we've got some money in the bank every bill that comes up that that will get paid and then all of a sudden the, the account's getting low and i go okay well where's the money coming from and then i you know i get locked in that sort of cycle but as soon as we built the fork yeah the cash flow forecast what that meant was i stopped thinking about today and tomorrow and the very near future because I knew that at least, so first of all, I just focused on the month because that's where I was. And, and as we've done better and better, I've been able to focus a bit further out, a bit further out. So now I'd say I'm probably focused on three to four months, but I am looking a year and a half ahead as well just to see if, if everything's okay. But that was the thing because then I could say, okay, if, if the business is you know financially okay, then I can start focusing more on the bits that you, you know, you've just talked a bit more strategically. So that shows that you know, you're in a good place because you're talking about, what you're testing for the business and they're the, they're i think more strategic uh, elements i know that's a tactical thing but strategically about how do i grow the business and what do i want the business to be and and that's why because because i know a lot of people like me might just roll your eyes about cash flows and spreadsheets and everything else but it, but of course we know that these are the the foundations the fundamentals for any business as well you know as well as property yeah i do agree rather than to repeat that message uh, again I'm going to tell you how badly I do it in my buy-to-let business. <laughs> <laughs> so I take a, I take a very, very different approach. So I have, I have all my financial records in stored in Patma and I, I look at that every month. I up, update them roughly once a month where I, I go through my, my bank account now with open banking. We'll talk about that another, another time, but um, I, I go through my bank account, check off all of my income and outgoings and things. So. I know that everything is, is how it should be. And Patma lets me look back over the last year, more if I want, about to, to show income and expenses and hence cash flow. And it will also sort of put together, a, it's not really a forecast going out into the future, but it's a, it will say, this is how much rent your tenants should be paying. This is the average expenses you've, you've seen over the last 12 months. Therefore, your forecast monthly profit is X. In my buy to let business i'm in the, the the fortunate position of it being very simple very level so it is very predictable the the expenses and the the income and i have a a small pot not much but a small pot there which i know is sufficient to cover i think it's about one and a half months worth of expenses at the moment and that's that's if, if there was zero income and of course hopefully there will, there will never be zero income and because I know I've got that little buffer there, 
I don't really do any more forecasting than that. I check that the rents have actually arrived and I check that nothing crazy has changed every month in the finance and the forecast. But otherwise, I know the buffer's there. And yeah, I don't forecast. I just let it run. I'm, I'm sorry. My apologies. <laughs> well, but it makes sense. So like you said, when you've got residential buy-to-lets, hopefully the income is, is flat in terms of you, you know what you're getting every month for the yep. next yep. Six, six to 12 months. And equally, the tenants have most of the costs. Obviously, you've got insurance and mortgage. So that totally makes sense. And I suppose it's a, it's a good comparison to make, just to be clear, you know, for people listening. So that's why my business is a bit different. So we've, we've got, let's, let's say it's around 50 rooms right now that we're renting. Of course, we're not always going to be occupied in those rooms and people have come in at different times. So we do have a lot more uh, of variables, probably not the right word, but it is, it, it is variable. So for example, at the moment, I've, I've got, you know, a few people that have, have left last month. So that means, you know, this, this month's revenues are slightly down. But we've got people back in, so that'll be going up and down. And that's why, you know, for us, and also I've got, you know, you know given the, the portfolio of several properties, different types of properties, maintenance costs is quite high versus what, what we, you might experience in residential. And that's why probably. So I'm, I'm kind of giving you an out, Simon, for you saying you're poor. I, I'm saying I think, yeah, it, may, it makes sense that you could do that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they are very different businesses. And hence, I think that's a, a great reason for us to sort of compare and contrast them. I think you have a larger portfolio of properties that you, you manage, and you certainly have a, a larger, much, much larger portfolio of tenancies that you manage, because obviously most of yours are by the room. And that inevitably means there's a lot more change, a lot more churn in, in yours, just because you're dealing with so many more people apart from anything else, so many more things that can change. Whereas my portfolio is, is much smaller and they're all single lets and they're all families. So they're all, all contributing to that steady state that means that I can hopefully rely on it being, being much more predictable. One thing that you did mention there, though, actually, which is interesting, was that I do still have some lumpy expenses. One of the main ones being the insurance landlord property building that's the word i'm looking for building insurance <laughs> <laughs> that that i have to pay once a year and you you can get policies that spread this out over over the year and things but but i choose to pay that in a, in a lump once a year and other sort of slightly lumpy things obviously maintenance and safety certificates and things like that but they're they're relatively small expenses and and they're because there are multiple properties they are spread out a bit over the over the year but yes the the, the insurance one i mean that's quite a big big lump that happens on one occasion and I do always, when that happens, because I've got that little buffer, it's, I don't have to worry about it. But I, I do know that that will always put a big dent in the buffer that I've got. And then it takes a few months for that buffer to build back up. So, so yeah, it, it, that is something I am aware of. But, but yeah, thankfully, some things I can still largely ignore. Yeah. And insurance, obviously, no different for me. But we've got, I've got a couple of groups of properties insured. So that is, Again, quite lumpy because, like you, I made a decision sort of a year ago to, to keep costs as low as possible. And although it's short-term cash flow pain to pay for the insurance in one go, you know, saved us whatever ten percent that was, and also meant we could then, you know, forecast. But I'm the sort of person where because I like having more cash in the bank, I always have to really fight my urge not to put it on a monthly payment plan just because I think, oh yeah, but I could save myself. You know, I can keep the 700 pounds or whatever it is in the bank, pay that over months. At least I can use that 
deploy it elsewhere, which you can do. But of course, it was eroding my profit in the long term because we're paying whatever ten percent more. But the other point that you meant, which I think is a, uh, so that you made that was a really good one as well, which which I'll underline is you, you talked about safety certificates and insurances. We've got uh, several HMOs, and to be honest, it, it's all I feel like I do at the moment is respond to electrical installation reports, pat testing, gas safety, you name it. Just when I've finished doing one, the next one pops up. And I think, God, some of these things are supposed to be five years. It feels like they come up monthly. But again, that is why we're variable, because just when I've modelled it out, I then have to plug in an extra £500 for for an EIRC, whatever it is. You know, EICR. EICR, yeah. EICR. But then, of course, you've got, you've got HMO licences as well. They're, they're lumpy. They're every five years as well, aren't they? Don't so. get me started on that. The latest one, £850. Is that for a single property? That's for one property. How do they do it in in your area? Do they do it by the room or expensively <laughs> using gold pens, travelling in in chauffeur driven cars by the price? Well, as long as they're chauffeur driven flying cars, that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's by property, so it's it's for the property. Yeah, but the reason it's it is truly eye watering is because I think the original license was five hundred pounds. I think it's it's increasing like by fifty percent. Again, this is a a highly HMO dense area, and clearly the, the accounts have suddenly said, "Hold on, we've got a nice little earner here. Let's sump up revenues." Anyway, we've digressed on that because it's such a, an emotive subject for me to answer the question. So, for I know there's many people listening thinking, "So what? What's he going to do about the seven thousand pounds bill?" Well, because of the cash flow document, I was aware of it, and the reason. I was short today was because we were waiting for rental payments. But because we forecast the cash flow, I've been speaking to the agents uh, literally every day this week saying we must have all payments in today. And the great news is that I know those payments are going in as we speak to, to take me past what I need today. But this is what we call squeaky bum time because it was literally on the day where I have to make those payments. I can't not make the payments. Yeah, I knew I was a few thousand pounds short, but thankfully I was aware of it. So it's not something I've just had to panic about. But uh, so all, all's well that ends well on that front. It would have ended even better if they'd uh, managed to get the rent in yesterday or the day before. But uh, but yes, <laughs> it never works like that for me. I'm obviously doing it wrong. I don't think you're the only one. It's uh, yes, I, I think cash flow is just so important for pretty much every business, certainly every small business. Um, every small property business is is no different. Yeah, and in fact, I don't think I would call your your property business small. So every medium property business as well is very dependent on cash flow. Yeah, and and for those listening, I mean, say so that that is probably my learning is that I didn't think it was that important when I first started because we were so small, and I just thought it wasn't needed. But it's like everything else; by the time it's grown. You're, you're playing catch up. Whereas at least if you've built that, it's, it's one of those boring things. You think, well, I don't need it. So why should I? Well, that was, that was my view, but with a benefit of 2020 vision that, that hindsight vision brings, I could see that ha- had I planned that originally, that things probably would have been a lot easier for me a lot sooner. So that, that is something for, for every sort of new investor to, to look at. But those of us that maybe not doing it as diligently have a look at it. Indeed. So I think, we should probably leave it there. Just remind everyone that, that cash is king. 
And uh, I would certainly be very interested, I'm sure Stuart would too, to know how you are managing your, your property business cash flow. Please do get in touch and let us know what systems you, you currently use and whether you even bother tracking your cash flow. Perhaps you're, you're as lazy as I am in, in a nice, steady, vital business, or maybe you're battling cash flow daily in a, a far more complex HMO or service accommodation business. Whatever it is, please get in touch. We are Biz of Property. That's Biz with a Z on Twitter. And you can also reach us through the contact form on businessofproperty.com, which is where all the show notes are. And Stuart and I will talk to you again next week. Yeah.